from All Things SR Podcast. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning, Pam. How are you today? Oh, I am just peachy keen and hunky-dory. I didn't have my air conditioner on. The breeze is delightful. I am just in, I am in heaven right at the moment. (laughs) This is my weather. (laughs) You can still do the beach. The sun's out, but it's not, I'm not leaving droplets all the way down to the beach, if you know what I mean. (laughs) As Anna notes, crisp, still summer morning. Good JV football weather. That is, it is great football weather. As I sit here with my Penn State gear on, Penn State has a football (laughs) game today at noon against Illinois. The Illini. Yes, the Fighting Illini. So I'm hopeful... Very that cool. We do well. Betty says, "Crisp, cool, cool, crisp air is the best." Oh, it is, especially when you're trying to sleep at night. <laughs> oh, that's my, because my my. I'll, I'll be honest with you. My air conditioner is on the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. <clears throat> it freezes up, and then like the other night, I put it on because the room was still very, you know, it was really warm, and uh, it was spitting. <laughs> oh no, that's not good. Meaning, no. I mean, you know, the the the. I guess from the humidity, it it drained, but didn't drain completely. So when the fan would hit it, it would splash it up. In any event, and I have it set at sixty, and my room temperature is usually around seventy-eight. Oof. Yeah. So you know, I I think next year I need a new yes. one. <laughs> yeah, that might be. We might. Have an extra so. one, Pam. So remind me about that. I have one in the basement that was in my living room, and it's a lot bigger than the one that's in my window of my bedroom uh, now. When I live next door, and I—that's the one I wanted them to bring up and put in my window, only because it is so much cooler, and it's also remote controlled, and it—the energy saver worked great on it. This one that I have now has always been a problem. Mm, so. Well. Anyway, hopefully we're out of, I, I, I still think we're going to have some more heat before uh, fall really takes hold. 
um, part partly wishful thinking, I know, but I don't know if it'll be as hot as it has mm -hmm. been. Usually, the October, you know, no, in October, it usually gets pretty sunny and warm. Oh, I remember be walking along the promenade in Cape May with my uh, cousin's little girl at the time, because uh, we had gone down to Cape May for the, taken her into Cape May for the day, because her mom was doing something, and I don't forget what it was, but it was Halloween. Right. And being in shorts and a tank top and just people were sitting on the beach. Yeah. And heck, aside from the fact that you've got the big waves and the, and the rip currents right now because of her, of Lee, mm -hmm. you could have gone, you could water 77 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful time of year Shabby. to be on the beach. Yep. Shell saying it's 71 degrees there at 6.04. And guten Morgen to you, Ellie, um, our 6 a.m. crew mm -hmm. on the West Coast. Oh, my mm -hmm. gosh. Good mm -hmm. to see everybody and Betty and Elena. And did I see Ashley? Mm -hmm. Elena's got her. I saw Anna. Good morning today. to Anna. I love uh, the fact that she's getting gearing up for a JP football game. That's great. Mm -hmm. Always, Always fun. fun. Always back fun. to school time. Getting back in the grind. Mm -hmm. So, yep. Lots of lots of things going on, and lots of things going on in SR's world as well. If you want, there are, there are. Well, Hayes ex was excited to share the release of the trailer for Gabriel's Redemption Part Two, and if you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, I I was telling Kenzie the other day, I said I didn't, it didn't show enough to spoil it, but it didn't show, um, you know, uh, it, it showed just enough, mm -hmm. I thought, because I, I know she always worries about the spoilers in the trailers showing more than they should, and um, so that was Yeah, good. Shell notes that the trailer sadly, looks good, Betty was excited to get it, but sadly, no Paul. No Paul, I know. I know. I knew there would be hell to pay for that one. <laughs> and <laughs> she did actually, Betty. As soon as she watched it, she said, "Betty's gonna not. Betty won't be happy." <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. And that, um, so yeah, so that was good. Uh, and he's looking forward to introducing the prince to everybody, and uh, starting in uh, in the fourth in forthcoming in time. Uh, there'll be a discount subscription code for part two uh, when it releases. Uh, he's looking forward to joining our podcast on October 14th. Mark your calendars. SR's coming. We're going to discuss part two. Mm -hmm. And uh, just like Christmas. Um, <laughs> and he continues to make progress on his uh, on the book, and he's looking forward to finish it. He's uh, saying to everybody to stay safe, especially those in the Maritimes and, and uh, Maine, and uh, have a good weekend. So. Yes, yes. I'm very excited about him joining us. Um, you know, it's quite the journey. And, you know, one more, one more chapter uh, in this journey, uh, we're in, at Redemption Part 2. You know, it's, it's hard to believe. Mm -hmm. I am totally not ready. I, in full disclosure, have not watched the trailer. I just need to get myself a little bit more ready in the, in a space, in a headspace for that. Um, mm -hmm. 
but uh, I, I've seen the very beginning, right? Because it does scroll on my feed, and just the beauty of the the the, the color of the red dress and the the tux uh, or the suit, the tuxedo. I couldn't tell mm-hmm. what um, Gabriel was in, um, but it was really lovely. Um, yes. Betty noted that there is and no Willie either in the uh, trailer. That's true. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit um, last time. I'm not expecting to really, I mean, for for insiders, for fans of the series and the books and the Florentine series, it is a big deal to, to have a Willie reveal. Um, but in the general mm-hmm. story arc of this book, it's just kind of a fleeting, a fleeting sighting of him. So I kind of like yeah. it's it's a little bit of a insider, a little bit of an Easter egg, you know, um, to look forward That's to. Um, Betty's asking what day in October. Um, October 12th. October 12th is the premiere and SR is joining us October 14th. So, so it's a premieres on a Thursday, and he and SR comes on a Friday. Uh, yes, night. he'll be our Saturday morning guest. Um, yes, very excited about that. So, a month from now, SR will be joining us. Um, and I'm wishing Floor a lovely morning. She's saying good morning and hopes everyone is doing well. Thanks for joining us today, Floor. And Cheryl's also joining us. Cheryl. Hello, Cheryl. <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. Was, and God bless you. I just sneezed. I was trying to mute myself, and I didn't make it in time. <laughs> it happens to all yes. of us. Yes. It does. Yes, it does. Um, Betty loves the red dress. And Shell said, it's been amazing for them, uh, the movies, but it's a process to enjoy them and realize that it's almost over. I know. I know. Yeah. I mean, it's been a long, a long, wonderful journey. And I know for me personally, these films will forever be entwined in my uh, pandemic memories. I really feel like this project and the the film and the excitement of that um, really helped get us through, at least get me through the pandemic. So it's. I, I, th- I think it did, too, for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it was such a great uh, a great time. We were lucky to have something and, special uh, to look forward to in the midst of And Cheryl, Cheryl wants to thank everybody who sent Grandpa birthday cards. Yes, yes, that's right. Grandpa's birthday. He's coming up. It's coming up. Well, keep coming, so Cheryl. Bill's birthday is in two months. He'll be 100 years old. On what day? November 10th. Oh, that's right. Phil and I are, we're birthday buddies. Yeah. You are. Because I'm November 7th. And they're having two, they're doing two big parties for him. One at one gallery that he has uh, shown his work quite a bit through the years. And another at another gallery in Center City, in old, actually Old City, um, for at the uh, uh, the uh, Jewish Art Center, and uh, his work will be there too. So that'll be good. Hopefully, he'll uh, survive at least one party. <laughs> 
And I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just saying. Well, hopefully so. he'll continue on um, and have a chance to enjoy that. Um, you know, never underestimate Phil. That's one thing. Oh, God, no. Oh, you know, it, um, he his doctor appointment did not go very well. And his doctors are surprised that he's even still living at this point. But um, which is why I you know, say still, never underestimate. Never. I mean, last year everybody wrote wrote it off as uh, his passing because of when he was in the hospital last right. year, and uh, he uh, was out kicking in uh, from December th on mm -hmm. doing his thing. So he's like a Timex watch. He takes a licking and keeps on. Yes. Kicking. So. Anyway. Well, and anyway, lots so. of lots of love. Shell saying, "I hope my card made it." Um, Lori asked if it's too late to send a card. Cheryl says no, um, because Grandpa's birthday is October third. Um, that is my husband's birthday as well, so that's easy for me to remember. Um, praying he lives. He has been touch and go. So, hoping and pray, yeah. sending prayers of of healing to grandpa uh, sweet man in Atlanta Absolutely. really really and Shell's sending strength and um, to Cheryl love and light lots of and that's great you know he he's such a nice nice gentleman he really is it was good so good to meet him when we were I alive. know we were very lucky too okay, so. and hoping yeah. he is having a good weekend this weekend as well and yes Lori Phil is going to be a hundred in November which is amazing and he, uh, he was a World War II vet D-Day plus one wow. at Omaha Beach amazing really amazing yeah he's, he's he's told some stories about that which are rather gruesome but mm. <clears throat> he did yeah, that. well, and, you know, looking at the chat as well, talking about the COVID times, Shell notes the books and the film and the author of Changed My Life for the Better. Um, and I think that happened, you know, it's made such an impact on us. We would never have had a chance to meet Cheryl or meet Grandpa That's right. without these books bringing us all together. And um, Absolutely. I'm very, very thankful um, and Cheryl is correct in saying this too. Phil is definitely blessed to have you, Pam. Oh, thank you. That's very kind. I'm just his neighbor. <laughs> Bless you. You're more than just his neighbor. You've really been invaluable, especially, um, especially since Colette's passing. So I think that's been really important. True. And as Cheryl notes, the books yeah. have made a great impact on us. So, and that's the that's the beauty of SR's writing. And he is humble enough to say that would he would say it was only because of you, meaning the collective. Yeah. Us, that that made that difference. So, but he is the Pied Piper, and I've told him that many many times. <laughs> yes, he is. So, peace, love, and light to Phil. Shell notes. <clears throat> thank you thank you and i'm um, you know i i and to all of us i mean
we've all been through a heck of a lot this, these last few years. So it's we're it's so good that we've had all this together. So I, I am very pleased. With unbelievable, that. very true. And as Betty, in a once in a lifetime experience. And Lori, as as Pam just noted, we've all been going through things. I'm sending you so much love and hugs. I'm so sorry. Um, Lori's sharing her mom moved to heaven two weeks ago. I'm so sorry. Lori, I'm really sorry to hear that. I'm, I feel for you and I'm glad that your mom is now at peace. I know you've had a long road with her from what I remember, but it doesn't make it easier. And everyone is sending you lots of prayers and condolences. Um, it's, it's a hard time. It's a really hard time. It is a hard time. So, so <clears throat> shall we get started? Yes. I was going to transition here. Um, okay. Chapter 17. Hard to believe we're already at chapter 17 in the book. Um, it only took us how long? <laughs> well, we had a few things going on. <clears throat> a little bit, you know. And lots of birthdays. Issues with the, lots of birthdays, lots of computer issues. But we're getting there. We are getting there. Anyway. That's right. And we are getting there. And we are now, after the lecture, as you remember, Last week, we talked about um, right after the lecture, and we had the great Paul-Gabriel confrontation, um, mm -hmm. which I really, as I noticed, I felt that was really the highlight of uh, part one of Redemption. Um, really, really well acted, and I just, the scene as written in the book is just really, really good. So later in the day is when chapter 17 started. Uh, the couple, the Emersons, checked into the Randolph Hotel. They had originally planned to have dinner with Paul and Catherine. Paul wanted to speak with Catherine and asked if he would mind backing out. Emersons were own device. After they returned to the room, Gabriel kind of went into some discussion about asking Julia if she was glad the conference was over. And she said yes, you know, um, as she was taking off her jacket, getting more comfortable, taking off her heels. And she grabbed the piece of chocolate off the bed because, of course, at, at the Randolph Hotel, they have turned down service. And mm -hmm. she was reflecting on the day and saying to her husband that she was really happy that it was over. Um, she also was as enjoying uh, as she was enjoying the chocolate. She mentioned, you know, they didn't have chocolates at Magdalene, and she also mm -hmm. was really in love with the heated towel rack on the ensuite. <laughs> and Gabriel promised he would check into it when they got home. Um, and she said, even with all these beautiful. I know, as Betty notes, you can't go wrong with chocolate, right? Absolutely not. So even with all these amenities, Julia said, you know, even with the chocolates and the heated towels, 
she wouldn't trade her knights for Magdalene for the chance to come back again. And Gabriel said, well, you know, the accommodations are a bit Spartan <laughs> for his taste. <laughs> and Julia was still enthralled with the idea of Magdalene. And she had said she had hoped to see a Narnian ghost. And Gabriel noted, while you may not see one there, the ghost of the actor who played Inspector Morse does roam the bar downstairs. <laughs> and, and um, you know, I think Julia loved that history. She loved being in the space where mm -hmm. the Inklings were. She loved having that connection to her childhood, some of her childhood memories and heroes. As, as Shell notes, LOL bringing up the accommodations. Gabriel is still not impressed with Magdalene. And I think, <laughs> I think for him, there was a good balance, you know, between... He knew Julia wanted to be there so much, so of course he wouldn't deny her that. But he did need his his uh, comfort, luxury, and uh, which is yes. why they booked the Randolph. And Julia said she just needed a really hot bath, and she just was done with people for the day as she started to get ready. So we actually asked us our a couple things about that passage, and. Uh, <laughs> But he said, you know, Julia could always go to a local store and buy herself a bag of chocolates the next time she stays at Magdalene. <laughs> and I'm sure she yes. would. Yeah. Or carry it in her suitcase, at least. <laughs> well, and Shell notes, it's really the ambiance of Magdalene is what Julia craved. So when we were asking SR about the, the intro to Chapter 17, um, I asked him, does the Randolph Hotel exist? And if so, have you been there? What was your favorite memory of the property? And he said, the Randolph Hotel exists, and I enjoyed my stay there very much. This was before it was damaged by fire. I also enjoyed walking around Oxford. It's a very walkable area. So, SR actually had been at the Randolph. So, if you want to add the Randolph Hotel to your tour of SR, um, SR spots, or, or the SR, SR World experience, add it to the Randolph. No, I know the fire. I know that the fire started in 2015, and it basically started in their first floor kitchens, and there was a lot of damage. Mm. But when I was there in 2017, I did go in and I was able to have tea, and I, I didn't realize that there had been a fire there. And I, I said that if I ever go back, I'd like to stay there because it's a gorgeous place. The beautiful old hotel. Oh, but um, and that <clears throat> so it's it's still operational. Yeah, I was gonna. I was just gonna ask that. Was um, was it still the like running? I mean, because sometimes after a fire, mm -hmm. it doesn't. You know, they kind of. Yeah, and look how we're dying. They're they're, they're uh, fortunately they're tearing that down. Ah, uh, it just but, I can't even talk about that. <laughs> it's so disturbing to me. I know. Well, it's also South Philly, so anything's possible well, insurance-wise. <laughs> this is true. As you say, it's, as you say, right, it's a Philly, it's a Philly thing. It is a Philly thing. And, um, but especially a South Philly thing, because that's, uh, that's where a lot of the uh, mafioso live in Philadelphia. Um, yes. Well, we also so, asked, um, and I'm putting the link if the link um, copied in, yes, to the chat. So you can kind of check out for yourself. Um, 
actually now it looks like it didn't copy. Um, it looks like they're doing some lovely promotions, so always fun. And it's, you know, it's very convenient, everything, the Randolph. There's like, it's, there's, um, and I think it's the Thames. If it's not, please don't, you know, just know that there's a, like a small river that runs through there. And it's over bridge. There's a train station and you can walk over the bridge and about a block from the bridge is the Randolph. And then there's this huge, um, uh, like, uh, obelisk that sits in the middle of the road where they, I think they have a clock on it or whatever but and people go and they sit on that and they just watch the cars go around and up I, I, up one way is where uh, if you go to your left from that corner is where the uh, eagle and child are and if you go straight and back that's where Magdalene is and All Souls is in there um, and it will also get you to the Bodleian it, it, it's a very cool place. Mm. Well, the the building and looking at uh, it's interesting looking at their website for the Randolph because you can tell it was it's really steeped in history, and man, the rooms are gorgeous. They really did a beautiful job. They're marketing though; they're really trying to marketing to uh, Generation G is what they're calling it for graduate hotels. It's part of that mm-hmm. hotel group, and they're really. Um, highlighting the history, highlighting Oxford, um, and showcasing this as a really great, luxurious place to stay. So one of the reasons it was luxury, or or at least a luxurious experience, was that heated towel rack. And we asked SR if Gabriel tracked down the heated (laughs) towel rack that Julia admired for their home. And he said, a heated towel rack is not that easy to find. But yes, Gabriel was able to source one. They're very nice, winky face. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, they are. When I, when I was in Ireland, we, we stayed um, at that. a castle one night, Ashford Hotel, which is in Kong, County Mayo. And if you've ever watched The um, Quiet Man, it was filmed on the grounds, so just an FYI. And uh, Pat Cohans is a real mm, place. Of it, everything in the town. And they, they, but they strategic. What I in the movie where they strategically brought the uh, horse and buggy in front of Pat Cohans because literally right at the door is a gas is a place where you can fill your car up with gas. So they had to hide that anyway. Um, but they had them in the in the bathroom at, at, at there, and it was like you'd go get out of the shower and you'd get this towel. And it'd be nice and I warm and I know I I, great. I remember when I first read it, I was like, I want a heated towel rack, but I didn't pursue it like Gabriel did. So maybe something to think about in the future. Well, I think in the, I think uh, in I a lot of speak for the British Isles. I think they are what actually also heat the bathroom. Mm. Well, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, so we'll have to see. As Betty notes, the boss sure loves to travel. And Anna noted Magdalene is Julianne's normal. Gabriel's normal (laughs) is the Randolph. (laughs) 
very good point, Anna, and <laughs> Shell noted that as well. <laughs> and Betty said, of course, Gabriel would stay in the Randolph Hotel. Nothing but the best for the professor. Absolutely. Yes, and I have a feeling nothing but the best for our dear SR as well. Um, he has been to some great properties, and I love that he shares them with us through his books. Anna notes that Wayfair and Amazon have heated towel racks. She said, my friend has one, a normal bathroom reno offering. I love it, Anna. That's great. Mm -hmm. I keep talking about my bathroom, and I've, I've been looking at having to uh, redo it because of my tub that has jets. You know, um, when I bought this, we bought this house. It came with this jetted tub, which is wonderful. But when the jets and the engine of the curb burn, you cannot get someone to replace it. You almost have to get a new tub. So And the whole new tub. Yeah. yeah so I keep thinking I about, one of those. did you? Uh, yeah, I did. But now, now maybe if I, if I, condo. if I do that, I will look into these heated towels. That would be cool. So anyway, Julianne's getting ready to enjoy the heated towels um, after taking a bath as she's, you know, as she's in the room with uh, Gabriel done with peopling and as Shell notes, that's, <laughs> I think Shell concurs with that. Peopling is overrated, as she said. Um, Gabriel's asking her if she felt any different about grad school or about anything. And Julia said that she worked hard on the paper and that she was lucky they had not brought pitchforks. And she noticed that they turned on Krista during the questions and she had never seen a, a crowd kind of turn on a participant like that. And he said, look, this audience was not pushovers, um, but he had seen much worse treatment. And obviously Julia was able to hold her own, which is great. Um, Uh, Gabriel, uh, had, or Julia had asked what, you know, what Krista did afterwards or, you know, because she saw, you know, Krista kind of get blasted by, <laughs> by the attendees and, uh, she questioned where she went. Gabriel said that Paciani took her away. Uh, Catherine had put the fear of God into him and he was furious. So... You know, I think this is karma, right? You know, oh yeah. I I feel like this is uh, <laughs> this is karma happening um, with some of the ill will and some of the horrible things Krista has done. I feel like some of she is kind of reaping what she's sown. And Julia looked mm -hmm. at Gabriel, wondering why Paul didn't want to have dinner with them, and. Um, because it seemed like he was looking forward to it when she spoke with him earlier. And um, as Betty says me, I'm ready to discuss anything and everything related to Paul. <laughs> yes, we know Betty. <laughs> and Gabriel responded to her tracing a light finger down her nose, just suggesting that Catherine might not be happy with his dissertation. And then she said she had not, and then he kind of turned it back and said, you know, directly, you really haven't answered my question. Do you feel differently about grad school? Are you enthusiastic about your program? 
So, you know, Gabriel, I think that discussion, you know, had Gabriel wanting to dig deeper into what Julia is really thinking. So we asked SR about about the uh, dinner and about the the pulling back the invitation to the Emersons. And we asked him if Paul had academic business that required him to speak with Picton alone, or was he avoiding the happy couple? And SR said, since Gabriel left Toronto, Paul was left with either convincing Gabriel to continue directing his dissertation or switching to Catherine. Gabriel could have continued, but I believe Paul thought he would be better served working with Catherine. And I had in mind that she would have been a reader on his dissertation already, so she and Gabriel would just switch roles. So, see, there you go. There you go. And Betty's saying, in my mind, Julia would sing Karma by Taylor Swift. And she said, you know, if we had heard Paul's dissertation, I would be able to say if I agreed or not. But alas, another thing you have to imagine. <laughs> yes, that'll be for the uh, the uh, um, Reader's Fan Fiction Edition. Yes. <laughs> all Paul, all or when time. Professor Norris um, presents in a, future, in a future book, right? There you go. There you go. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, now, you know, she's, she touched Gabriel's cheek and she wasn't real happy about this answer that he gave her. And, or, you know, and that he had asked. And she said, well, you know, it was an intimidating experience and that she was glad that she did it. Yeah, that's, that's the worst part. You know, when you have to give a lecture or talk in front of people. And, and I know for me, my stomach goes every which way it can. And I, my hands start shaking and sweating bombs. And to, and then once I get started and get through with it, then I go, oh, it's great. That's one of the reasons why I became a lector at church, so that I could get up in front of people and speak <laughs> <laughs> without feeling that way. I thought it would be a good, good experience. So anyway. That's a smart, um, that's a smart strategy, Pam. Well, you got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. You know, so so, uh, anyway, she said she would, she said she'd like to do it again. And Gabriel was really happy to hear that. Uh, He told her that she was gifted and that she would do, he would do anything, everything in his power to help her succeed. And and so she's, that meant a lot to her. And Gabriel told her that they could always talk. He could always, she could always talk to him if there was anything. And so if there's something troubling her, he would promise he would listen and just wanted her to be happy, wanted them to be happy. And she wanted, which she wanted as well, and that uh, he would tell her if, if he was ever unhappy. So I, we asked uh, SR, says, when Julie and Gabriel were discussing grad school in the lecture, Gabriel suggested she can tell him anything. Was this in part due to his conversation with Paul? Because my my idea was is that, you know, he was subtly working that, you know, you can talk to me, you don't have to talk to Paul into mm-hmm. it. And uh and uh he SR said, uh he, he thinks that's correct. Gabriel was subtly raising the issues related to the conversation with Paul. That's kind of what I thought because I, you know, she shouldn't have been spilling her guts out to Paul. She really should be talking to Gabe. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And I think he kind of gets that idea. Well, and, and, you know, Gabriel is a wise man, right? If, if Paul raised something, Gabriel's going to want to find out what's really going on. So I, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, it doesn't surprise me. He's probing a little bit, um, on with Julia here. Yeah. Um, Betty, of course, Mr. Norris will definitely be a rock star <laughs> in the future. <laughs> And um, Betty actually notes that I think the chat with Paul made Gabriel realize he needs to talk to Julia. Yeah, but honestly, I think Paul is, is the true. best person to talk to. I would spill my guts to Paul anytime, she says. <laughs> well, that's wonderful, Betty. But you're not married to Gabriel, and she is. <laughs> she should be speaking to her husband. Yes, yes, yes. So, so Julia was wondering... Um, what Beatrice's husband thought of Dante's attention. I mean, here's this this poet following a married woman and writing sonnets to her. And Gabriel sort of held on to her a little tighter, and he says, but I married you. I love you. And uh, we have done what Dante and Beatrice could never do, which was marry. And he kissed her and said that he had to go out, but that he would be back. And when asked how long she would be, uh, he told Julia that he just wasn't sure. But in the meantime, he had a gift for her. And so she takes takes it out of his pocket. And he gives it to her and he like, reads the label and it says Cartier. Uh, and there was a beautiful white gold watch shining in the silk folds. And, and there was an engraving on it. And it said, to my beloved with admiration and pride, Gabriel. Gabriel told her that it was for recognition of a job well done and uh, that she was going to have lots of opportunities to present her research and she would need a reliable watch. And she assured him that a Timex (laughs) is a reliable watch, which is something else entirely. Um, But Gabriel told her it was a a well-deserved, it was well-deserved and asked, how did he know he, he, uh, and when he asked, how did I know what? And she replied, a good job. And Gabriel told her that he had faith in her. He kissed her slowly and left the suite. So, you know, another Gabriel's, one of his love languages definitely is gifts, right? I mean, he will shower her with gifts as a way to recognize his feelings for her. Um, and... You know, I th- I thought that was a very t- thoughtful gift with um, the promise of her delivering many more lectures to come. And uh, <laughs> Betty said, I'd be concerned if Julia was spilling her guts to Pacciani. And she said, again, Julia never had a watch. I find that hard to believe. Target sells watches. <laughs> Me personally, I don't like watches. I don't like wearing them because mm. it's it's like when you have your like people have their cell phones, they're constantly looking at them. Right. I think when people wear watches, it it, it they're constantly looking at them. And my my late aunt, who I was, she was she and I were so much alike. She was my dad's sister, and we looked alike too, which is really weird. Um, we we uh. She once told me that when a lady goes out dressed up for an evening, she should never wear a watch. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
So I, I, I haven't had one. I have, I did, when, one place that I worked, I got a beautiful watch. It needs a battery, but it's sitting in my jewelry box. <laughs> and I have, I actually do have a watch that was given to my grandfather when he retired from um, the uh, company he worked for. You know, the gold watch that they used to give when you retired. Oh, yeah. And it's a beautiful, that is a beautiful watch. And I, 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 what I need to do is I have to get it fixed and appraised because it was, it's a, oh, I think it was a golden uh, watch. That's, but it's, that's it, pretty. It was, and I, I, I mean, yeah. that's, you know, that's something. That's a special one. That's special. And I think would be great for you to uh, kind of learn more about the watch. You know, Antiques Roadshow mm -hmm. coming to Philly anytime soon. Uh, <laughs> Betty notes that when she was in third yeah, grade, he, she received her first watch. And after that, she couldn't imagine her life without one. Yeah, I did. I was second or third grade. And it was a Timex, mm -hmm. actually. And I remember wearing it to school for my birth, well, because it was my birthday. And the teacher asked me what time it was. And I looked at it and I said, it's five and nine. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know. I hadn't learned how to tell time yet. So I love it. Anyway. Another chapter mm. for your book, Pam. Mm. And Flora says she loves yes. Antiques Roadshow. Yeah. Oh, I do too. It's a I great show. I think the watch, I think you could learn about the watch if they come around. But you can also go to an appraiser as well. You I have tons could. of them in Philly. There's a lot. A lot of appraisers oh, yeah. there. We have a Freeman. We don't have Sotheby's, but we do have Freeman's. Here. Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool to find out. And speaking of watches, we now turn. Which watch? <laughs> we now turn to, um, I, I thought it was interesting, too, that this was in the same chapter. There was a break. And then the scene yeah. switches over to Krista. And Krista, as you recall, had specific plans for the evening. And she was sitting on the bed waiting. She had managed to find a sexy bosque that laced up the back. And she wore gartered stockings and very, very high heels. Um, as Betty notes, poor Krista. And she said, question, what do you think the professor would think of an eye watch? Um, Probably has one. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm back and forth on if he would. I'm trying to figure out is is Professor Emerson an early adopter of technology? I don't know. I don't know if he would. He would. That would be a perfect question for SR. I know. I think we might need to ask that. I think he likes having fine things. I don't remember. I, I can't recall if he feels he has to have the latest and the newest, you know? Um, mm -hmm. But it would give him more access to more information. So he, he may want the iWatch. Um, we'll have to ask him that. That'd be a good question, Betty. I'm, I'm putting it out on Twitter, so hopefully he'll see it. <laughs> oh, that would be even better. We could have instant. I'm uh, Here I am thinking about October 14th, but we could have instant gratification with the response. well if he doesn't answer it we could do it for october 14th yes or even for next week we could betty's saying you know she can't yes. help yes. feeling bad for krista i think gabriel would be an old-fashioned watch person she said 
Ellie said he has a watch on the chain, so <laughs> true, Ellie, true. Lori said, I can't oh, see Gabriel wearing an eye watch. He's classic all the way. And Flora says, I don't know. He doesn't seem like the eye watch type. Yeah, I my that's kind of where I'm feeling too. I, I and Ellie does have I can only, about his watch on the chain that Paul found so pretentious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the other thing is, too, that's a possibility, is I could imagine Gabriel wearing a Patek Philippe, and, which are like $30,000 mm -hmm. watches. The, right, so. right. I feel like that's more of the kind of watch he would have as opposed to an iWatch. Mm -hmm. An iWatch. But think it's worth asking let's see if he responds i'll just put it out there yeah um so krista had thought of everything um even handcuffs uh were some of the accessories um among her many that she had with her um in the room and she checked her expensive watch um the watch that she was gifted um, the night she lost her virginity. Keeping the thoughts about what Giuseppe had said to her earlier, you know, Pacciani was very insightful in that, and his comments mm -hmm. hit too close to home for her. And she kept focused on finally getting what she wanted for a long time. She wanted Professor Gabriel O. Emerson, and at last she was going to have him. She was so mm -hmm. confident. You know, while reading that, I just kept thinking, how delusional is she? You know, she was so, so sure that he would be coming to her that night. But of course, men always gave in to her. And despite Gabriel's attachment to his plain mousy wife, they would screw a few times and then go their separate ways, and she would keep her success rate at 100%. She was so certain of that. So when there was a knock at the door, she tried to hide her enthusiasm because she was ready for Gabriel. So she the seams to her stockings and walked straight towards the door. So, yeah, I mean, Krista is ready for Gabriel. Ready, willing, and able. And mm -hmm. she just was so confident that he would be coming to her. Um, she thought of everything. She wanted to make the night very special um, because she was batting a thousand, right? She she expected yep. him to come scampering into her room. Um, he says, Krista, Gabriel's over with. He snores. Do you really want to be <laughs> I think she would have enjoyed Paul, says Betty. And Anna says karma enters I for CFP. Yeah. Um I there were a couple more comments on the the watches, so I wanted to share. Um Shell says Gabriel's a pocket watch man. Ali said, I can see him having a Rolex or some fancy Italian watch to match his shoes and his bag. I love that, Ellie. Mm -hmm. and, That's true. You know, karma definitely is entering for CFP. Uh, 
Reality is setting. Yeah. Them. Lori says she really thought he would come to her. That is sad. You know, she's intelligent and yet she sees this as her value. That's a really good point, Lori. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She's just a very damaged human being, I think. Unfortunately, she is. Yeah. Allie said Krista LOL was so, so delusional. Shell said, Paul wasn't interested in CFP, so no worries there. <laughs> I love Shell comforting Betty <laughs> at the thought <laughs> of Krista turning her attentions to her beloved Gary uh, Paul. Uh, Ashley said, I think he um, threw the Apple Watch in frustration when he is using it. So. <laughs> I mean, I can imagine him in the middle of a lecture and all of a sudden some alarm or notification comes through. And it can, I'll tell you what, from the phone part of it, it can be annoying because I have, I have everything set to silent for the most mm -hmm. part on my phone. And I and just vibrate so that I know. And every time either my phone vibrates or dings because of a notification, when I'm with Mayor, she says, who's calling? <laughs> How many times are they calling you? And I have to sit down and tell her that, you know, it's a news notification. It's not a phone call. It's not Sally, her sister. So, <laughs> um, Ashley's noting that Gabriel is an old fashioned watchman. So, we shall see. Mm -hmm. We shall see. But, you know, we shall see. Thinking right. about the way SR set this up though, you know, Gabriel just left the room when you think about it. And he didn't say to mm -hmm. Julia where he was going. And where's the fire? I don't house? know. I was hoping you wouldn't hear that, <laughs> but I'm concerned because there were a lot of sirens. That's like a multi unit yeah, I know. thing. So I'm hoping I'm hoping whatever happens that people are safe. Um, it definitely, it could be an accident on the highway because I'm close to a major interstate and I'm hoping nothing's bad on I-81. So, sorry about that. Anna's leave us. Anna's leaving us because she's all in 10 oh. and Caleb uh, has halfway tea on 9:19. Wonderful, wonderful. Continue yes. prayers for his his wellness journey. Um, I hope all goes well and go team. I hope, uh, hope your JV football team uh, wins um, and have a wonderful weekend, Anna. Um, looking through the comments too, Ellie says, I wonder if still if SR would ever go further into Krista's self. She comes from a good family and no signs of abuse, but she learned young she could use men with sex for rewards, but she doesn't seek love or more. I know Chris is kind of, you know. Chris is an only child, isn't she? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Flora says his means to her needs. Joe sad. Shell says Chris is inclined to exaggerate her sexual prowess. Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. But I think in part because uh, the men she's with kind of build her up as Betty notes she is an interesting mm -hmm. character 
Um, she would be a good psychological study at some point, but I, I, I don't think SR really wanted to ever get into her too much. No, there's an only you child, know. Betty confirmed. Yeah. I thought so too. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it could, it could be an opportunity if, if that would be a direction he would want to go. That could be a very interesting storyline, but uh, mm-hmm. she really did play a great foil. Uh, Elena also confirmed she's an only child. I can't help mm-hmm. but wonder if Krista would ever redeem herself, Betty asks. And I think that would well, be everybody- dug into her. That would be the angle, don't you think, in a redemption story? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think SR, you know, with SR, everybody is is redeemable. Mm-hmm. You know, redemption plays a part of everybody, which it does. Yeah. But. Um, I don't know. I, th- I psychologically, she'd be a lot to get into. I think, though. Oh yeah, I really do. Yeah. Well, and SR has so many so. notes in his file cards, right? You know, for for story ideas mm-hmm. that. Um, yes, he always has a file for a story. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh at that, <laughs> but he does. <laughs> Because people ask him about certain things. He goes, I have a file for that. <laughs> I know. With the winky face. <laughs> I love that. Uh-huh. So. I love that. I think he, you know, and I, and I think that's why it's exciting that he's writing, you know. Um, he's exploring new characters and storylines. And I think that's, you know, I think it's very exciting. As Betty says, the SR files, the truth is out there. <laughs> that is true. And as Lori I'm, knows, the SR files SR. give us hope. Yes, Lori. Yes. yes. And wonderful things to look forward to. You know, it's it's great. And I just find even when we revisit these stories, there's always new angles or new things that I pick up and um, also by having our discussions in the chat um, everybody brings different perspectives so I think um, it really enriches our our experience as readers Um, true absolutely and Shell made a good point about Krista she said when CFP was confronted with her actions against the Emersons she doesn't seem remorseful you know because, you know, Pacciani had mentioned it. You know, what's going on? You know, what's the deal? And she just turns it on him. She goes after him. She goes after Pacciani for that. So, yeah, I, I think um, she really doesn't have remorse. She doesn't have... I feel like she doesn't have a... I feel like her moral compass is a little broken. Just yeah, tad, tad, <laughs> mm-hmm. tad and floors loving Betty. Uh, Betty's uh, SR's the truth is out there. SR's truth is out there. We might need to do shirts. <laughs> <laughs> the SR the SR chronicles. The truth is out there. <laughs> that could have been a good name for the podcast. <laughs> that is true. Boy, we that went round true. and round, didn't we, on that? Um, we did, we did. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
And uh, Elena, I agree completely. She says, I think Krista is just one of those people who thinks of only herself. And she's never wrong. Shell notes she has no moral compass. <laughs> and Betty said we could also put it on a mug. That is true. <laughs> Lori's hearing the X-Files music Lori's. now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, Floor loves that. Oh, that's a good idea. That is a good idea. Super fun, guys. Super fun. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we're already at the hour. I can't believe it. Um, mm -hmm. It's just hard to believe. I'm also having, uh, I'm in denial about being in mid-September already. Our, our time is uh, going quickly. Mm -hmm. I will be at the park. And I think next next week is uh, the first day of autumn. Yes. Yes. Um, I thought it was the 22nd. I also know the ho the holidays are coming. Um, Rosh Hashanah. Well, I, uh, it, actually, we are in Rosh Hashanah. It started yesterday. It started yesterday. So Rosh Tova, the two of those celebrating. And Yom Kippur is next week, I believe. I think it's like eight days after the end of Rosh Hashanah. Yes. Eight or nine days. So for all the celebrating. Mm -hmm. And may you all have a sweet new year coming up. Yes. Yes. And looking through, <laughs> Elena says, stop it, Pam, more summer, please. Yes, Elena, I'm with you. And the upcoming autumnal equinox is, um, as Shell notes, yes. Yes, we are, we're, mm -hmm. we are coming up on that. And then I will be okay with us saying it's fall because it will officially be fall, but it is not fall until that point. Uh, All I know is that I found something that uh, I loved. It was the other day when, cause everybody, somebody I know told me that on September 1st, they would start wearing their autumn outfits and winter outfits, mm -hmm. uh, sweaters and what have you. And I said that they were nuts. And when it was 98 degrees outside, you don't want to be wearing a sweater. <laughs> this is true. But some people just love fall so much that they can't help their enthusiasm. I I, and I get it. I get it. Well, I, I, um, personally, I can't wait for, th uh, th for Halloween because I, I love Halloween and Thanksgiving. Oh, my well, my daughter got her costume yesterday for Halloween. She's very excited about it. Of course... Of course, my daughter is going to be Barbie and is the cowgirl version of Barbie and was dancing around in her her white boots yesterday showing off her costume. Um, it was very cute. She It actually reminded me of like when she was five. She was that excited. So, yeah, it's always fun. There's so, lots and, of fun things and, coming up. Um, and Elena asked that we keep a, a one of her fellow classmates in, in our prayers, her classmate, Sandy, today they're celebrating their 50th high school reunion and, and Sandy's husband apparently passed away suddenly. So they had to get her back to Texas. Uh, oh my gosh. So, well, yeah. So we will keep, definitely keep her in our prayers. So sad to hear that Elena, um, but also congratulations yeah. on having a wonderful and, and wishing you a wonderful reunion, 50th class reunion. Very exciting. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, safe travels to Sandy and just 
a lot of hugs to her and everyone who's been dealing with loss. Um, Lori giving you extra hugs. I'm so sorry about your mom. Um, it is really, really challenging. Um, but that's why we're, we're all here for each other during these tough times. That is, that is true. And lots of (laughs) Betty, um, asking if anyone's dressing up as Catherine picked in a Wonder Woman Halloween costume. Um, (laughs) and Betty's noting sweater, weather, sweater, weather is coming. I feel like it's here. I have been cold. I know it's only in the seventies, um, or the sixties in the morning. But I actually was out for my morning walk yesterday, and I was cold. I did not bring a sweatshirt. I didn't realize it was going to be in the low 60s here. Um, mm-hmm. So I didn't, I wasn't dressed appropriately. Um, but it did feel, it was wonderful, but I, I needed a sweatshirt. Um, so... Anyway, I am going to leave us all, since I have to go pick up Mir soon, because she's... Uh, we're spending the night together. Her uh, niece has got a parents' weekend at the University of Scranton, so I'm taking care of her this weekend. Nice. So, but I'm going to leave you with the artists that we're going to see in concert for my 50th high school reunion, and that's Lorena McKenna. Yes. And the Mummer's Dance. So, everybody, have a great weekend. Enjoy the cooler weather, and be safe, everyone. Take care, everybody. Thank you.